Hello, and welcome to A Ghost Stories. We are the advanced ghost hunters of Seattle, Tacoma. Uh, we are a group of ghost hunters who go around looking and investigating businesses and homes, trying to find the paranormal or the stories that lie within. Uh, my name is Kim, and for our regular listeners, you might realize that it's a little bit of a different thing today. Uh, this is the first of our mini episodes, which we are recording for October. This way we can bring you content each week because October is our very favorite month, the spookiest month, and we do love all things spooky. Uh, Gabby right now is in New Orleans, finding all kinds of fun, awesome death and ghosts and vampires and whatever else is floating around there. So we are all very, very jealous of her. But it does give me the opportunity to share uh, a story with you. And it's, it's a pretty interesting story. Much like Linda Hazard, this is one I'm always mystified doesn't have more attention. Uh, it's fairly notorious with the locals, but people outside of Washington have often never heard of a man named William Billy Gold. Billy Gold was, by some accounts, one of the most prolific serial killers. He was a German-American man initially trying to work in the Yukon. And there were all kinds of stories about his time in the Yukon that range from uh, murder to potentially some cannibalism. While he was uh, trapped during a storm, it is said that, that he resorted to cannibalism pretty quickly. So while he was in the Yukon, he got something of a reputation. He ended up uh, packing up and moving to Aberdeen, Washington in 1902. And again, for those of you who are not local, Aberdeen, Washington, it's a little port city. It's uh, in Gray Harbor County. Sometimes it's called the Gateway to the Olympic Peninsula. We love calling things gate way here. We love saying gateways to things. This is the gateway. Uh, it's probably, honestly, for those of you who are not in Seattle, it's probably best known as being the birthplace of one Kurt Cobain of Nirvana. Uh, I saw never, a number of other musicians have been born there. Um, the Doobie Brothers, Patrick Simmons, the Melvins, Kurt Vanderhoof of Metal Church. <laughs> Okay, that one I didn't know, but now I'm going to go look them up. That sounds amazing. Uh, and a handful of other writers, uh, baseball players, politicians, artists. It's, it's, it's a tiny town, but it's, it's had a, a, a kind of good little history with it. Uh, it's situated at the mouth of two rivers. Uh, and it was founded in 1884 and incorporated in 1890. So by the time our friend Billy got there in 1902, uh, even though it was still a relatively young area, it was a, a decently well-established town. Uh, Sawmill was built there in 1894. 
And there were also uh, quite the booming shipping industry, including a lot of Shanghaiing, which we, we learned a little bit about Shanghaiing in our Oregon episodes. Now, Billy was said to have stood six foot two, and he was big. He was a bruiser of a guy. He was not a skinny six foot two. He was a bulldog. He was terrifying to look at, and he knew he was terrifying to look at. And there's really nothing worse than a person who's intimidating, and they know exactly how scary and exactly how intimidating they could be. He started working as a sailor's union agent in 1903. And people knew you should not mess with Billy. One of his tricks was actually kind of igniting strikes and uprisings to run off the non-union sailors. And it said he even started a gunfight with one of the ships, which led to the death of a sailor. But he spent almost no time in jail before he was bailed out. So he's got this violent reputation. Everybody knows he's he's kind of messed up guy. He had a reputation back in the Yukon. But nothing's really being done about it. Now, it started to become kind of clear that something was going on in Aberdeen. They used to get what were called floater bodies. Uh, which was was literally bodies that were found floating in the water. It's it's Aberdeen, Washington. It's the early 1900s. This was not an uncommon thing to happen. I mean, uh, murder was still very common, and even just people getting drunk and like falling into the water. These were all things that were they just happened, right? But not quite to the extent of which these bodies had been showing up. And the town quickly became nicknamed the Port of Missing Men, which would not make me want to go there. And I think about, this is the start of this horror film, isn't it? Like, you have this place people are calling the Port of Missing Men, and you're like, you know what, this seems like a great place to go find a job. I don't understand why anyone would be going there. (laughs) Uh... It was, it was really, honestly, everything was a perfect setup for him. What he would do is bring men into his office, and he'd check if anyone else was around. He'd talk to the sailors. He'd talk to the men about, oh, hey, so do you have any family? Do you have any people who might miss you, people you're talking to, which... I mean, come on, people. We all know if somebody starts hardcore questioning you about if somebody's going to be missing you, like the answer is, oh, yes, I am the 11th of 12 siblings. I live with my grandparents, my parents, five cats, two dogs, and a mouse. Like You you are going to be missed, and that's what you make very clear. But I guess these people didn't really think like that. Because once he was satisfied that this was a person who would not really be missed by anybody, he would grab his gun from his desk and shoot them either in the face or in the back. He would, of course, rob them. That was his primary motive. Man liked his money. And this was, this was perfect. He would dump their bodies from a trash chute, which led down to the river. And of course, this would 
ultimately lead to our nice floater bodies. Sometimes he'd take them out on a boat and dump them over to the river as well. Uh, there's even, I saw a couple stories, which I find really disturbing about him using a boat to murder them, but that was a little hard to verify. And I mean, these are not, it's not like these are motorboats. These are, these got to be rowboats. So I'm, I'm trying to imagine how you would use a rowboat to murder somebody. And it, it all comes out pretty. <laughs> now, Gold was pretty vocal about his criticism of local authorities for not solving the murders, which, man, that takes some balls. It really takes some balls. Like, man, why haven't you gotten on top of these murders? This is this is really just unacceptable. As a taxpayer, I find this to be completely 100% unacceptable. Uh, I, I It's kind of like uh, Ted Bundy hanging out with Ann Rule. Like, it just feels like that's asking for trouble. Uh, he'd complain on behalf of the union, despite how noisy he was being about it though. I mean, people suspected him. Billy was violent. Billy had a reputation, uh, but nobody reported it. And it, it kind of comes back to the, if you see something, say something that wasn't the culture of the times and people were afraid of him. but come on, all of this stuff's going on. Nobody says anything. Uh, now, Billy did start to get a little bit cocky uh, talking about some of the things he did on, on December 21st of 1909. Or again, remembering he came there in 1902, so this is seven years later. Uh, he warned a saloon owner he's going to kill him. He's going to kill one of his henchmen. So it's, it's good to give people warning on that. And so the police had informants stashed in the saloon ahead of time to try to gather evidence on him. So when, when these guys disappeared and then ultimately ended up in the river. Uh, they were like, gee, I wonder who could have done this. And, and Billy had openly stated, they went away for good. Don't go around saying ominous things about a person if you're going to murder them. That's just murder 101, honestly, people. Uh, he'd be arrested February 3rd of 1910. Uh, he was charged with one murder. Uh, an accomplished John Klingenberg who had helped in the killing. He sang like a canary. Uh, he was questioned by the police and he was just like, it was goal. It was goal. He put his colt in Charles Hadberg's mouth and shot him. Apparently when he did this, he said, I guess now you'll shut up, which is just awful. Uh, he is then said to have weighed down the body with a 25 pound anchor. He was referred to as the ghoul of Gray's Harbor, or Billy Ghoul, which is a delightful pun. He was convicted in only two deaths. So despite all these things, two deaths. Uh, they think he killed 41 in Aberdeen, but some estimates put the number as high as 110 to 130 which would make him the most prolific serial killer in United States history. Although, uh, and people are going to get mad at me for this, I kind of dispute calling him a serial killer. That's like calling a guy that does hits for the mob a serial killer. I feel like these are very different categories. He was financially motivated. He wanted money. And that time that he cannibalized somebody, he just, he was hungry. He needed a little snacky. He was getting kind of hangry. You don't want to get hangry. Uh, 
he'd be sentenced to life. How this guy got away with the death from the death penalty, one will be shocked and amazed by. Uh, if he'd be diagnosed with syphilis, he ultimately died of complications from syphilis and pneumonia in 1927 at the age of 53. And it, now it was well known that Billy Gold liked the ladies. He liked the ladies of the night. He was not really a stand up or friendly guy. But one of my favorite stories is uh, Billy apparently had tried to force himself on this woman and she like kneed him in the crotch and punched him in the face and he legit fell in love with her because of that. And, and they started formally seeing each other. So that was the way to Billy's heart, I guess. If he tries to assault you, you just beat the shit out of him. And then everything's fine. Uh, now, we have done an investigation in Aberdeen. A ghost has done an investigation in Aberdeen because Billy's story doesn't end there. At least some people think his story doesn't end there. There's a restaurant called, of all things, Billy's Bar and Grill. Yes, they did name Billy's Bar and Grill after Billy Goal. It is said that Billy Goal's ghost and possibly some of his victims haunt the restaurants. Um, cold spots are very common. Voices, flickering lights, glasses smashing into the wall. That's got to be Billy. He's a glass smash into the wall kind of guy. Weirder still is it, it seems like some glasses are actually picked up and flung at someone. Uh, there's been reports of a figure, possibly Billy himself, sitting at the bar. Which, when we investigated there in May of 2018, we did experience some weird things, uh, including... A, a water glass that fell off the bar when no one was around. But the weirdest thing and the most awesome thing, and we will be putting this picture up on our Instagram, we'll be putting it up on our website, because it is, it is really, really cool, is a thermal picture. So when we investigate, one of the things we measure is temperature, because a known indicator of the paranormal can be cold spots. So in this picture, this thermal picture that we took, you see the investigators sitting at the bar. So we have uh, someone with, you know, normal body temperature. And on the other side of the bar, there appears to be a figure, a man. And this figure is of a colder temperature than our investigator at the bar. And again, I want to stress, there was only one person sitting at the bar when we caught this figure. So in this photo, you see some kind of shape. And it's, it's really, really fascinating. It, it's, it's so rare we get this kind of picture. Uh, and so I, I just think it's one of the most exciting things. So please, you should, you should really, really check it out uh, because it's, it's just fascinating. Now, even though everybody very, very, very much wants this to be Billy Gold, there is some evidence to suggest whoever the spirit is, it is not Billy Gold. If for no other reason than his home base 
was about a block away from the restaurant. The restaurant, now called Billy's Bar and Grill, used to be the Red Cross. So it's it's very likely a Red Cross would be haunted. However, would the Red Cross be where we're seeing the ghost of Billy Gold? I don't know. Um, I think sometimes people get very excited with this idea of attaching a specific name to a haunting. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's how, again, we sometimes figure out who a specific haunting could be. However, sometimes we get a little too happy with that. And we think, well, this person was here. They must be the one that is haunting this place. And, and it, it's kind of doing history a disservice because we end up sort of pigeonholing these hauntings to be a certain story. And I don't know, maybe this isn't Billy Gold. Maybe it's somebody who has their own story and we should be focusing more on trying to figure that out. Hard to say. And that, my friends, is Billy Ghoul, Billy Gold. Thank you for listening to our very first mini episode. Uh, I hope everyone's October has been going fabulously. I know that October is my favorite month of the year, and I think for some of our spooky friends, it is their favorite months of the year. Uh, As always, please like, uh, rate us, review us. You can follow us on the Instagrams at A Ghost Stories. Uh, you can check out our website, A Ghost Stories Podcast. We are available wherever you can find podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And as always, stay spooky, Seattle.